welcome everybody. I'm Laura Giles, and this is Modern Animism Radio. And I have with me here today Rick West and Lombi Wynn. And we're going to be sharing our take on animism and the art and how the two intersect. Um, as we always say, animism is about living in relationship with everything, in today's case, art. I know that um, some people who are new to animism think it's just about holy days and rituals, but it really does permeate your whole life if you let it. And the holy days and rituals, to me, is kind of like the icing, and we're going to be talking about the cake. So before we get into that, though, let's give gratitude to the elements. So I acknowledge the element of earth and thank you for our home, our bodies, our senses that bring everything to life. Acknowledge and give gratitude to the air, and I ask that you bring us clear communication for today's podcast so that's what meant what is meant to be said will be said and what's meant to be heard will be heard. I acknowledge the element of fire. We're getting close to the winter solstice where the sun's fire returns. I'm missing that warmth, so I want to give gratitude to fire for always burning in our hearts, even when we can't feel it so much outside. I acknowledge and give gratitude for water. So thank you, water, for giving us the courage to go deep, to see our shadow, feel our feelings, so that we can grow beyond our present limitations. I acknowledge our plant, animal, mineral, and human ancestors, and thank you for the blessings that are seen and unseen. May we grow ever more conscious of how we move together in the web of life so that our choices are authentic to us and honor everybody in the web. And thanks to all our listeners for being here today. Our podcast, YouTube channel, and Facebook groups continue to grow because of you. So thank you for liking, sharing, commenting, and subscribing. And if you'd like to support us with a donation, you can do that at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Pan Society. So thank you for being here, Rick and Lonvi. How are you all today? Thank you for having us, Laura. <laughs> We're great. Yeah. Doing very well, thank you. Thank you. Yes, this should be fun. <laughs> so you guys are both, um, we had originally talked about doing performing arts, um, but you guys are uh, a visual artist as well. Um, was there something in particular that you do to uh, bring animism into your art or that in a way that it reflects in your art? Animism and art, that's a real interesting concept. Um the first thing I guess I would say about just art in general is it's really hard to talk about a lot of what the, the emotion, the, the the process of art, because well, honestly, the language is, isn't quite big enough. But let's 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 see what we can do. Let's let's, let's talk about how that works. Um, how does the fact that everything around us have a, a, a spark of consciousness. How does that change what we're doing? Well, basically, the way I see it, there's a... We'll, we'll come, I'll come around back to that, but um, art is a process by which I transfer my living conscious energy into a whole separate units of conscious energy who take it sort of like a DNA and transfer it and transform it and and art performance in particular, but uh, performance kind of gets, gets gets the DNA rolling through the social body, if you will. And I, I think that's what the, these are about. These are like little performance is this little pod that sort of pulses out to the people and tightens the social contract, if you will, tightens the the, the social milieu in ways that. Um, 
if this were just a material world, it wouldn't make sense to talk about that. But because it's an animistic world, because I see it as, as, as jillions of consciousness units floating around, and every time you perform, some of those units pick up the thing that you're putting out and transfer it, transform it, make it something new, and it keeps rolling. So when you have an idea, a friend of mine says people don't have ideas, ideas have people. And if an idea comes and finds you and forces its way through you out through through that performance out to all the other consciousness out there, it's a uh, it's a transformative experience both for the artist and hopefully for the person who's listening. So that's my take on it. But plenty to talk about in that all that, but uh, yeah, that's sort of a nutshell. Thanks. Continuing this is why. Go ahead, Lami. Well, oh, I was saying about how like the inspiration or the idea is us. Um, instead of the other way around, that we are like the vessel that is the inspiration once it finds us. And then, like Rick was saying, how it transpires and becomes a performance out of us as if we are the ones who unfolds that specific inspiration. Yeah, this is why we have podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) You took that, I mean, I totally agree with what you're saying. And as you were saying, I was like, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. it's, I was totally going in a totally different direction. <laughs> so when I was thinking, so I'm, I'm a dancer, and I've been a, um, a, a belly dancer for 16 years. I was, was a professional belly dancer for 16 years. And um, I've been repeating this lately because it's just been so relevant, but how you do any, anything is how you do everything. And, um, and how I do dance, I feel, is um, – I mean, I don't think this is unique to me. I'm sure other other performing artists do this too, but I think it is very holistic, which is, to me, animistic, because when I'm performing... So I was having this conversation with somebody else a while back, which is how we got the topic for this um, show. And they were talking about performing art, and I wasn't thinking of myself as a performing artist. And it's funny that I was a professional for that long, and don't think of myself as a performing artist because I think in the West when mm-hmm. you think of somebody, you think of the star, like the the lead of the band. It's the person that you, all eyes are on that person. They're the headliner, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like a one-way thing. So they're performing for you. Your eyes are on them. And right. when I'm performing, that's not the experience that I'm having at all. So it's me and the band are the show, and and us and the audience, and the music is holding us up, and the room is containing us, and it's like our show versus my show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. Cool. So, yeah, we're making it all up, at, you know. We're making it up based on who's having a good time, who's crying, who's laughing, who's doing this, and it's just <laughs> it's a spontaneous sharing of stuff, energy, emotions, it's you a- know, all of that. It's a, I imagine it's like, like a more molecular level, a smaller level. Yeah. I imagine it's like that with visual arts as well. Yeah, it's funny. Art's big enough to be all those things. Art, art is uh, sort of encompasses all the all three of us just talked about of, of different aspects, and it's very cool because art is all those things, and animism is all that. Um, visual art. Is like well, I, I 
just in general, I think of performance. I, I, I kind of yin and yang the performance too, and I think about public performance and private performance, and pr- even right. even a little bit of my background, a little bit. I, I've done theater. Uh, have where I, that's why I I've done plenty of bit parts in theater where I'm not the star at all. Where you know it's I you know it's it's a whole team. In fact, ensemble theater is just a great deal of fun <laughs> for exactly the reason you're talking about. You get to uh, share camaraderie in front of everybody and sort of create more camaraderie as you do it, which is very cool. And that's in the the human form, right? Like in the person form. Like, Mm -hmm. because we're talking about the actual, like the human body. And then I was just thinking like, before saying like, it goes on to like even a more molecular level, like inanimate things, like into the art, right? Which we're taking like the living, we're embedding that essence into something static and, you know, True. Like, you know, like not breathing, right? Like a picture, but within the picture, they're still performing and they're still performing artists in it, right? If you have a picture of a dancer in the picture, it continues on. And then Absolutely. That, that's great. Yeah. And, and the then, mirror. Yes. And then, and then how it passes on is that the next person viewing that or seeing that imagery in the art, they, take that dancer and they animate that essence with their own imagination. So then again, it's like uh, this sort of like co-inspiration and bringing back to life, right? Like the image and whoever's seeing it, whoever's viewing it, then brings it back to life. And then I would kind of say like the visual art or the, the page or the canvas or whatever, it becomes kind of like, um, like a holding place. Um, kind of like where mm-hmm. the the art rests, and it's like okay, the you know like the, all the performers on the stage are at rest. They're taking a fifteen minute break until the next person picks it up and puts their energy into a- animating it again. <laughs> yeah, it's sitting there kind of like a like a sack, and, and people take things out and put things <laughs> like, in, like, yeah, and, and, and like the piece just there. keeps growing and working. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Yeah, things it's never. It's very it's a very static thing to do, which is to paint or e- even like filter pictures or however you get mm-hmm. to the, the photographic art. Um, right. It's very static, but you're creating this thing. It, it, it's it's a whole different kind of thought process than, than when you're doing performing because when you're performing, you're just spitting it out there. And typically, uh, before a performance, you know, you're talking to the gods about, oh my God, you know, because everybody seems to. <laughs> I've been around pros, honestly. I mean, I'm I'm not. I've done stage, or I also have done uh, uh, performance theater. In addition to that, have been on stage musically. Uh, I play guitar, piano, that sort of thing. Um, I've mm-hmm. used to do the scene, but um, far better players and, and um, performers than me say the, the butterflies just never go away when you do that. Because and and I think it's for the very reason we're talking about. You, you just know something special is about to happen before you step out there. It, it's mm-hmm. um, and, and if you, I, even guys that are doing it a hundred times a year say say it's so it's, you know, it's still a time. rush. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, a, yeah it, it's a growing animated thing. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. That's interesting that you say that about butterflies because there's only been two times in my career that I was nervous, and it was the first mm-hmm. time. You know, I never did it before. And then one time I just totally blacked out. And I think what happened was I started thinking and I got in my head 
about, oh, my God, the audience is this big, blah, 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 you know, all of these things. And I, I just couldn't dance. I, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. It was like I'd never heard the music before. I didn't. I couldn't feel my feet. It was just so bizarre. But when mm-hmm. I'm performing, it's in this zone where all that stuff is happening. Uh, and it's like, Rick, one of the things you said very at the beginning of the podcast was art is in this place where it's really hard to talk about because it's not where language lives. And I think that's where, that's my performing zone. There's no yeah. language. It's the very feminine. And when you're in that, it just kind of flows. So for me, I have to empty out the intellect. I can do the intellect thing like if I'm teaching and I need to, to talk about stuff. But if I'm performing, I can't, I can't do it or else I can't perform. I can't reach that space of oneness from my head. And that's and that's so funny because when you look at children, right? They don't they they have less of that, so they are animating themselves. And then also, like you notice, children just taking any inanimate object and animating them. It's so yes. much that because they don't have that that thinking. Like we're saying, oh my gosh, someone's looking, or how will my performance look? Or it's like yeah. I'm gonna like take this cup on the table and this book and like make them have a conversation and you know like puppeteering it out they're not thinking about it where if like say in like adults sitting in a waiting room and you know we're trying to make up for that kind of empty space in that waiting zone it's that same transition like just letting it come through you right like yeah conducting yeah. that energy through <laughs> yeah what do you suppose that transition is? What's what's happening right there when when we make that transition? It, it, that is such a cool <laughs> moment. You're absolutely right. When uh, when something is emanating, and and I, well, I, mean, I think you said this a minute ago. I mean, we don't create it. I, I know I don't create what the, the things that come out of me. It's an idea mm-hmm. that that comes to me rather than the other way around, right? I mean, I mean, yeah. and you work hard. You you do the technical stuff so that, that when it happens. You've got the skills to, to make something of it, but mm-hmm. uh, that that whole flow. Um, and sometimes the flow is very reco- like you you really see it in the face. You know, like the way you say, like, "Oh, I can feel the tension in the room," or you can feel the inspiration, or like the static electricity in the room. Like it really is true because say you're sitting in a group brainstorming and someone has an idea, but if that person doesn't jump on, like, say dancing right for example like just kind of like just going for it not thinking if you don't do it that inspiration or that burst of energy jumps to the next person who's ready to like perform it or like unravel it out yeah and it's like almost immediate it's like if if, here it's like this burst of energy to do a couple of like tasks with your feet it's like if you're not doing it then that other person next to you might pick it up and they might be leading it well, so, Lavi, remember <laughs> the last bonfire when you and I were drumming? Yeah. that That's kind of what happened. <laughs> exactly <Yeah. laughs> what happened. <laughs> and, then, and then if you if you can get on that scene, if you can, it's like once someone starts kind of like leading that beat, right, and you open up that space and expand that same transition even larger. Say, say the transition is the bridge. If we open the, say, one-lane bridge, up to two lanes, right? A second person yeah. has been able to get in on that same beat and drum or yeah. dance, and you're 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 in it. And then you continue kind of like expanding that transitional bridge out, and everyone can get in on it. And they start to 
drop off their thinking and just kind of go. And I, think, and, I think it's such a natural and spontaneous thing that people just do, but I don't see a lot of Westerners doing it. <laughs> I think it's just too much in their head. They're too afraid. They're too grown and up. And it's really individuality, sure. right? That's uh, also another thing. Maybe. Science killed like, the wizard. I mean, that's that's part of what happened. I mean, science. In fact, I hope. I think we're going to talk about this in the future a little bit. But science uh, sort of drove the magical, the, the magic, the music, the, a lot of that feeling out of the Western mind. You kind of have to be out of the out of the stream of Western mind to to really get into. Uh, High performance. Or I, I, I'd have to think about how to say that. I, you can live in, obviously, you can live in New York City and you know, do, do it all, what you do. But you have to kind of have withdrawn back into your own little, you know, green zone long enough on a daily basis, I think, to, to get regrounded and, and reset so that you can... Uh, Catch the the signal where and I don't I'm not I don't pretend to know what that signal is or where it comes from, but, but that <laughs> I signal think I know is what signal you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that signal is everything, really. And, and you've got to tune your own cell. That, that's that's sort of the private performance that that I think is just as important as as the public one. Is no matter what the art, whether it's whether we're drawing, and I, I also paint, by the way. I, I got paintings hanging up everywhere. But but whether you're doing that or out in front or or uh, playing, uh, you know, complimentary for somebody else or, or whatever, however you're doing it, it's just so important that you get that um, what we call in the flow, I guess. No, no, no. But, the expression's going to be so different. Energy transfer, like you're yeah. saying, Rick. It's going to come out in all form, like that same flow you're talking about. You can you can all tap into it, but it will be expressed differently. The, like the performance would be uniquely different, but expressive of the same thing. You and know? it's so much fun when you can pull two people and three people and four and five and six people who are sort of generally trained and working together. And when that starts and to happen, that is, that is amazing. Yes, that's just amazing. And that, yes. that, that, that creates energy and that creates, that takes the life that's out there around us and, and amplifies it. Um, mm -hmm. I have a theory about that, about a six-fold amplification, but uh, it probably takes too long to explain right this minute. But I, I think when you, when you express uh, one of the primary shapes in the, in the universe, really, is a hexagon. And I think we mm -hmm. kind of express ourselves in hexagons. And, and art is like that first form, that first one that's uh, going out in six directions and connecting to, you know, that, that many new directions, which spreads and spreads and spreads, like the waves of the ocean, mm -hmm. honestly. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's an amazing thing. I, I, I love to perform. I love to draw. I love to share stuff. I sit here and play guitar by myself. I, I could just entertain myself all day long with a guitar. In fact, I do that sometimes, but, uh, but not not so much anymore. But anyway, yeah, I, I, it, it, the the ability it, it's just fascinating that the ability to trans do, be to be that unit of transference, that thing that that's collecting energy from one place, giving it some sort of spirit and soul, and moving it to another place. That, that I, I love that moment. And I don't really think about it all that often. It's not like a conscious thing. You're just doing it. And I think that's what the flow is, is when you kind of feel that you're doing the right 
and you know that this is this moment is very good, and that the people around you are having a moment that's very good, and you, you know that, that's an amplifier. That's a huge amplifier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think people get scared. They, what, what, what Laura was saying about earlier, like it being more of a like a Western thing, where maybe there's more thinking involved, or that the individual is more important than the expression. Whereas the Eastern culture is more, you know, community and yeah. focused as a whole. Like we we can all tune into that same flow. But the expression is so uniquely different. But it's that transition part of all getting into that same wave, like you were saying, that people are thinking that they're losing their identity. But really, they're forgetting that how they express that same frequency is what's making it unique. But it kind of comes afterward. You know how it's like, oh, let me get into painting or, like, I want to take a photo. But then you think that, oh, everybody's doing it. It's so the same, but then not until you jump yeah. into it. You mm-hmm. find like that unique like note within that um, expression. Well, I think another thing that gets in the way of that is um, uh, judgment. So if mm-hmm. you're thinking about is it any good, is it pretty, is it <laughs> melodic, is it, you know, and I think because of the way that we're brought up in the West, from the time you're in first grade, you're graded. Mm-hmm. This is not good yeah. enough. That's not good enough. This is what you should have done better. And so we get in the habit of thinking in that way, and you can't really create from that space, I don't think. I can't create from that well, space. Did, you, did, you, did you know they started this? Well, the grading system, like, that's why they were changing the, the grading system. It wasn't based on grading anymore. Like, they were saying that maybe instead of ABC, a, a grading scale that maybe used should be given just, like, a, a different grading, like, stickers of random things that don't have a hierarchy in them. Oh, I don't know if I agree with that. I, mean, I think with some no. things they are <laughs> that is, is right or wrong. <laughs> you know? I mean, but, I mean, I think with, with I don't know, I, I think you can make somebody a good writer by giving them skills. And I think skills are quantifiable, but I don't think we can grade somebody's passion or we can grade their ideas or their creativity um, so I used to host a, a belly dance contest. And when I first started it, people were like, eh, I don't know about that. Because, you know, it's a, it's a folk dance. How can you, mm-hmm. how can you say who's the better folk dance? You know? Right. But it was, we were grading skills. So, you mm-hmm. know, how is your, um, let me think of what the, some of the criteria was. So we had, we had grades on costuming, which was not that, you didn't, that didn't really matter that much. I mean, we, everybody likes that, that aesthetics, but point-wise, that, that what didn't really matter. And then you had the artistry aspect, and then you had technical aspects. So, like, if your timing was not on the beat, you're going to get dinged for that. That's a technical thing. So I do mm-hmm. think that there are things, you know, with the yin and the yang that can be quantified, but I don't think creativity is one of them because it ebbs and flows, and it is very individual. Mm-hmm. It, it took me about 40 years to get over worrying about what, uh, or, to, or at least to begin to get over, worrying about what other people thought of my art. I remember uh, <laughs> practicing my guitar one day, and one of my kid walks in, and he goes, Dad, that's just terrible. That hurts. 
But it took a long time. The point is, it took a long time to learn to to not care much. I think I'm, mm-hmm. I've, in the last few years, I've come to that point where I'll put it out whether it looks good or not. If mm-hmm. if it if it works for me, if 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 the spirit's in it and it's moving and uh, and you know you're something your, out there, you're the first critique, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. It, it's going out there. Yeah, <laughs> it's going out there. I don't care. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, that's. It, it, it is, it's one of the things that, that's, I don't know if I say requisite in art, but, but it's definitely definitely important that, uh, that you don't really care what other people are thinking and doing and saying and smelling and being. It's just kind of let, you got to let all that go because they they um, can't serve two masters. I think I've heard some some masters say at one point, and I, I, I kind of hear that. Yeah, you either have to either devote to the to the uh, to the practice of of being the the interpreter, or not. Basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, too, I think that. So when I was teaching dance, we would purposely uh, make mistakes because in the mistakes you can find really really awesome ideas. You know, because if you follow the rules all the time and do what everybody else does, that's not all that creative. And it's, I mean, it it may be aesthetically pleasing, but it probably lacks a spark because it's not very mm-hmm. original. So we would jump well, on those mistakes and be like, oh, God, let's do that again, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, sometimes. That, that, sometimes they mistakes are your next song, right? Yeah, exactly. That's your next dance. Like, those are the, the mistake move of one dance is the footing ground of the next dance. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I love that moment uh, right as uh, indecision hits when you're on stage. And it can go either way. Either you don't have a line or somebody's thrown something weird. And there's that minute where things can either get really good or really go south, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that, that, that's a great moment. I, I've, I've had uh, me personally, but not so, I mean, not so much me personally, but I've seen other performers have have just marvelous moments off of that sort of thing where something crazy mm-hmm. happens and because and it, it relates back to animism too it's because they're just in the moment they're there they're they're mm-hmm. thinking they're you know are, are not mm-hmm. they're thinking by not thinking or the other way around but but you know mm-hmm. they, they're just they're able to ad lib through it and ad libs are um sort of that homogenizing of the uh of the the consciousness around you too that's just, I, I love ad libs um, anyway, that's uh, that, that's a big piece of, in general, it's a big piece of performing to be able to uh, just kind of forget what people think and do your thing at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think that's when you see um, the truest pictures of a person is when they're ad living, and you know, there's no script because we we do what we rehearse mentally. You know, what what's deep inside? That's what comes out. So at that moment, for exactly, exactly. At that <laughs> at that second, right there is is when you you see whether you have the uh, yeah when you know kind of which way your intuition is going, and, and <laughs> the, lining up the intuition with the consciousness around you is that, that connects and that, that works. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do, but uh, but there's, Seinfeld was always good at that. But, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. live, not not. Uh, but anyway, long story. Probably don't want to talk about stars and all that. But, um. I was thinking about um, the like the mistakes that then you know, like when you recognize how treasurable those mistakes are, which it's not even a mistake, right? Because it's like 
new, it's like half ideas. It's like within the performance piece, right? What you consider perfect are like the ideas, right? Full ideas, like one idea, two ideas. Maybe the performance is consisted of three ideas. And then there's like half ideas. That's what we would consider like the mistakes, right? But then mm-hmm. if you have all these half ideas that are popping up, then just think what you've got. You've got all these other pieces already built ahead of you. That's brilliant. You know? That's brilliant. So then you piece all those like half piece, uh, half ideas. You get you have already set up like the next like one, two, three, and four ideas. And then yeah. if you take those pieces, it's actually like say four other pieces. Like with visual art, like my hardest problem is that I can't stop creating and like sometimes the creation process is exponential because there's so many half ideas and half pieces that are building simultaneously as you're working on like say your perfect piece right your one piece but then there's like 10 more pieces that pop up and as you continue working on those 10 it's just like this fractal thing where those 10 pieces like the scraps or say the extra swatches on the side becomes more pieces that you create out from it <laughs> so yeah. yeah i've seen your process that definitely describes it <laughs> so the performance is, it's kind of like <laughs> it, the performance is kind of like on steroids where y- your main performance say is ballet and suddenly you throw in some say tango moves and it seems out of place in that specific dance and you've got some waltzing involved you know, yeah, we're seeing it. So same with visual art. It's like, where does it end? So then you've got, you know, a tango piece, a, a waltzing piece on the side, <laughs> some Roomba, you know. Like. So I love that idea about the, ha- about the mistake being a half piece. I like that. I, I, in fact, I'm putting that. I, I saw a leg. <laughs> but but it gets that. dangerous. Here's the thing. It gets <laughs> dangerous. Because when you acknowledge how precious and valuable those um, those half incomplete or mistakes, right? It becomes treasures, and so it's collecting. And you're like, they're they're each little seeds, they're each little pods, ready to it. just add water and sunlight, you know. And then it's like, poof, <laughs> you've got another <laughs> <laughs> you've got another tree in the corner, but you didn't know. Yeah, and they're I'm all waiting. I'm gonna feed that with a unicorn. That's for sure. That's cool. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, a lot of what happens in life just really depends on how you look at it. Because if you're a perfectionist and you're, you know, always wanting things to look a certain way and be very uniform and, you know, have a certain reaction every time, you're never going to get that. You're never going to get that because you'll reject those, those things. And then you're going to see all, all these trash and mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm just saying it's, it's all valuable. You know, if it's, it's your experience. It's your life. I mean, you don't have to take it all with you, but it is all valuable. So this is kind of um, in a different direction, but what you were saying, Lavi, kind of made me think of it. But what do you all think of when you were talking about, you know, throwing a little waltz in there, throwing a little this in there? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about merging um, styles with whatever? Any thoughts about that? Oh my gosh, I think everything should be a fusion of it. Because it just think, if we are so fi- we're fixated on perfecting one thing, and then we, if, 
if we're looking at what's not that one thing as, you know, not their main thing, then all those half pieces and all those ideas become just piles of trash. But if we've seen them as treasure now, as half pieces, then we should have more pieces that are made of fusion pieces, right? Because now we have a mountain of scrap, say, say scrap papers, right? Like you might be cutting one shape from a big piece of paper, but think of all those scraps and now making from the scraps. Everything will be a fusion of many things. It should be. It should be a mosaic. Like, like for me, I don't... How does the signal signal come to you? How how do you know when you're about to be able to create something? I mean, what what is it that says, hey, go sit down and do this? I think it's it's how you're seeing it. It's like, do I see my... Say, like, let me use the example of, like, say, a painting. If the painting on the canvas is the main painting, or if all the scrap pieces of swatches on the side are the collective fusion of your painting, of the one on the canvas, then all the smaller pieces of scrap put together, that might draw you more in, you know, making a full and large, like, tapestry of the smaller swatches and throw-aside pieces, like your I hear what you're saying. I, I, I see the mistakes come through to the next set of pictures. Like if I'm working on one thing and I go, Oop, that mm-hmm. doesn't look right, that might show and up three pictures down yeah. the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you might cool. end up making the scrap your main piece. That might be the masterpiece instead of the one on in, the In another context, no. yeah. yeah. Mistakes yeah. might just be contextual. The canvas might be like what people, you know, what would be really cool is that like the artist's um, sketchbooks, right? The notebooks, like their little side huh? doodles and their notes, that that yeah. becomes the masterpiece that we're looking and examining as the main piece on the wall instead of the piece that they have laid out and placed nicely in frame or mat on the canvas. I, I have to admit, I keep some of those sketchbooks around and I keep them sort of <laughs> private and because I, uh, I I don't know what the kids are going to think when, you know, when, when I'm, you know, when I'm gone and they pick studying, up all these books. I don't even want to know. We're making people do work. <laughs> when we put the clean piece on the wall or say when we put the that music sheet or, you know, like say that dance that we performed on stage, we're making people do a lot of work for how we got there. And it's not even the most valuable part. How we came up with those steps, like say some of the say foot footage is behind the scene, that's way more valuable. And that it's Absolutely. kind of like whether you teach a man how to fish or you give him a fish. It's like all of that behind the scene is what people would, would be paying for. Like that's the goal there. Like the polish, yes. Yeah. That is that is the thing that's valuable. That's the thing that we're transferring right there. It's, mm-hmm. it's that, uh, and, that, and, that, essence, and, that that moment, yeah. And I think that's why, like before, was saying like, like teaching, and you know, kind of like um, passing on this knowledge of appreciating every element, like every piece assembled to the whole. Because you never know, like, what part goes where. And yeah. it's like you've yeah. got this whole toolbox. If you can acknowledge all the pieces, it means you have all the tools in the toolbox. And then it's just oh. a matter of fusion. 
now it's only fusion because there's no one or the other. It's everything is a a, a fusion of what we already have. Well, but I do think context matters um, because so to to make this um, how you do it, how you do anything, how you do everything. So for me, like with mm-hmm. the culture and and. Um, to say there's no difference between cultures, I, I think no, there there is difference between oh, no, cultures. Difference. I like yeah. having differences between cultures, um, and we can still have blending somewhat. We can share, but I think if you start making a mess of things, then it blurs the lines, and and then it doesn't become that anymore. Which happens organically, um, but I don't think that. I think there's a difference between. I think th- so. I guess what I'm saying is it's a balance of the yin and the yang. I like structure. I don't think we should totally do away with structure, but I think um, we have to mess with that in order to be creative and in order for I that evolution I, to happen. I have an analogy for you visually. So it's like uh-huh. if the difference is like say all the beans, right? Like different types of beans, different color beans, like all the grains, right? Rice, uh, red bean, black bean putting all, all in, a, like, a bottle, right? And you're still seeing all the separateness of it, but it's all, like, a homogeneous mixture. But it's still very separate greens, right? But it's not like we cooked it down and made it into, like, <laughs> right. you know, like mashed potato. It's not like that. Like, it's not muddy. Like, you're like, ew, what is in the can? <laughs> right, right. But it's still beautiful. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I like when things are, if you're going to mix, I like when it's done tastefully and you can still mm-hmm. see what is what. So yeah, if you're yeah. doing um, if you're doing tango, I like to see that tango footwork or spirit mm-hmm. or something that I could still see that it's tango, not that you're yeah. just, you know, throwing and the tango it, away. It just, the transition mm-hmm. is smooth. <laughs> Music moves along lines in, in that regard, and you can... Uh, you have a, I think you have a lot more leeway in terms of, of ways you can can mix styles. You can go from a from a sort of. It's really about you have to keep the times across the, the two spectrums, but but if you if you in a four four beat for instance, you can go from sort of a tango waltzy kind of thing to just hard acid rock and, and come right back, and it's kind of cool. The <laughs> I was thinking like the same. How you juxtapose it. <clears throat> I was thinking the same thing about when I draw pictures. Uh, On a lot of the pictures that I draw, there's this one little place that's just not part of the picture. It's like, what what is that? And sometimes they're ridiculous, and sometimes it's just kind of (laughs) cool. So, so that the trend, yeah, it, it, I guess it's all about uh, context. It's like we we're talking about everything else. You know, everything is in context, and 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 the way you transition is contextual. Yes. Absolutely. I think everything needs context, and without context, then it becomes really muddy. And similarly to what we were talking about earlier, if if you don't have the the chops, if you don't have, in any kind of art, the first thing you have to have is the structure. I think it was Picasso that said you have to learn the rules so you know how to break them. Well, yep. you got to have structure. you got to have, it's it's not talent, it's just the accumulation of practice. And the being able, to, we're talking about the signal, being able to, to collect the signal, whatever that is, just kind of staying open to it, doing whatever physical stuff or meditatives or whatever you have to do, <clears throat> stay open to the signal. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if you're plugged into the signal, that always has structure. And no matter what comes out, <laughs> even if you don't know the first thing about anything, never been to school before, don't know what you're talking about, don't know the lingo, it's going to have structure. But I think when what – so as a, I'm, I'm probably a snob, but yeah, I'm honest <laughs> about it. Um, one of the things that I would just hate as as an audience member is seeing sloppy stuff with no structure. And I know that is just judgy as heck, but – I like to know what I'm looking at. And if, if I can't feel the soul in it because you've taken the structure out, then it just feels uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Am I being judgy or, or are you following me? <laughs> no, I, I, think, I think you have a good point. There's still, there's still an anchoring point somewhere. So some office, uh, yeah. you still need a point of anchor. <laughs> there's yeah. the technicians look at this and then there's the, the audience look at it. There's two different things, I, and I agree. But but I, I guess I was coming from the technician sort of you know like this sort of a how to yeah your, your larger point is very well taken I mean you, you can't you, you can't throw a, a a monkey wrench into your own story you have to whatever yeah. it is you do that, that kind of creates energy and interest has to still be in keeping with that large with that four four B right <laughs> I mean yeah. you can't get out of the B you you can change the flavor but you can't get out of the B once 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 right. you got the B rolling yeah I'm, I'm, as long as you I'm, have that I'm good if if we got some bones to hang that thing on I'm good do whatever you want bones. Yeah, yeah, we got bones <laughs> well, we got bones yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> But I think nature is just, you know, that's there's sacred geometry in everything. And if you're flowing with nature, you're good. You're good. Nature has structure. Mm-hmm. And and she also has rhythm. <laughs> I can tell yeah. you. Absolutely. Yeah. That is the yeah. one thing you can count on, like which is so funny, right? Mother nature you think like nature you think of it always changing, but within that change that is the constant, the flux is the thing you can count on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, my favorite thing is, is the bonfire, I have to admit. When you're at the bonfire and the fire is going, that creative juice is out there and everybody's just jamming and doing their own thing. The way that, however that is, if you know, if you're singing, if you're dancing, if you're drumming, if you're doing whatever, humming, and, and all that stuff starts clicking, you know, especially with people you don't know and that happens, that's just so juicy. I love when that yeah. happens. Yeah. I mean, it's not really a performance, but it's... It is, really, though. It is a performance. If you think about it, that it fire is doing yeah. the same thing we're talking about. The fire, and I think maybe this is part of where the energy comes from in a fire, it's oxidating, too. It's pulling the, the oxygen, the, the energy from around itself into something and transforming it into something else. And it, it's, it's, it's another one of those points of transformation. And I think because when you get close to that, you probably start to feel that... Uh, uh, that, that's that's straight out of animism. I mean, it's you know it, it, the consciousness moves and and something about that fire. And I don't really know the physics well, of it. Well, you've seen the way the the fire changes shape, right? It's in color because and it's performing. Yeah, it's because yeah. it's performing. And then as yeah. we move around it, we are all performing and molding and shaping that too. So it's subtle. Yeah. Like I think the performance when like we were all speaking up earlier, whether it's on a personal or a public level and then like how subtle it is sometimes it's almost for example the log it's performing but it's like posture is more like 
sturdy and rock-like, right? So that, you know, kind of like when you watch, um, like, acrobatic performance artists, like, someone's got to, like, kind of, like, be like that little mound at the bottom while, like, the other people stack up and they're dancing and, like, spinning this, you know, dishes or juggling or whatever. Someone's got to still stay still. And even in that stillness, that's a performance act, too. For sure. For sure. That, that person is absolutely critical to that moment. Yeah. 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 And like, their stillness, if they're not still, there's no performance. <laughs> That's right, and, and the the person jumping isn't going to jump with a whole lot of enthusiasm. No, sense. <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's, that's important true. to acknowledge too in a yeah even a sure. performance the group. The stillness yeah. and the person being that rock is yeah <laughs> immense, mm-hmm. responsible. That's something yeah. I've learned from from working uh, much of my career. I'll be honest, but we're working around men. But when, uh, when, as I've come in the last 15, 20 years to, to be around a lot more women, I've noticed that, that um, there's a lot more sensitivity to being that, that rock that you're talking about, to, to being mm-hmm. the team player. There's a, how to put it? It's not that it's not the guys aren't team players; they are, but uh, but there's def, there's there's a patent difference between the way men and women look at that situation. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's uh, um, I'm not sure how that relates back to art, but um, I actually kind of. I, 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 I hear. Art I hear is feminine. Art is very feminine. Yes, art, art is definitely a feminine pursuit. I, 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 not a feminine pursuit, a yin pursuit. It's definitely a yin pursuit uh, in most forms. Some, some, I, some kinds of rock and roll are very yang. But I'm sorry. What if it was half and half? Like we we're talking about, like that transition, like the bridge, like. Mm-hmm. Like entering into the art, right, is very feminine. But the execution of it, you gotta say, like the <laughs> the laying of, like, say, the paint or the first of how the paint splashes, it's very yang and very masculine too. That's true. You know, okay. yeah. especially okay. The, the tools, the tools used. I mean, come on, like the the camera, the lens, you're, you're shooting it. Everything is a very phallic, <laughs> and you know. The execution of it is very masculine, but the fluid that flows to, up until that moment is very feminine, right? You know what's funny? I, I, I bet it's about 50-50, and I'm over here you on the guy's side, you're over there, yeah. and we both see it as like moving to the middle. So, yeah, that's, that's, kind of, that's interesting. Yeah, because you know, the where building the, up the to that climax, be. like building up to that, that crescendo is... There's a splitting point in yeah. the artistry, <laughs> and that—that's the hexagon. When when you split right there, it goes six ways. Yep. It hits six more. Yep. Yes, uh-huh. I love yep. that. And, and how to create? <laughs> and it's it's kind of like yeah, it's kind of like another kind of climax. It's hard to create. You know, I mean, it takes work. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that energy is the yang <laughs> to kind of push. And project it okay, forward. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's how the tie rises, right? <laughs> the, 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 feminine, the feminine of the water is is moved and shifted because of, you know, the sun and the moon. And then it goes back to the light. So 
it's not water and the female isn't going to move if you don't have the male and the energy to move it. I got that. Okay. I want to ask you a question. Bobby, (laughs) the stuff that you do is really interesting. I've seen the the posts where you're – you definitely are bringing several styles, or several different kinds of uh, <laughs> modes together. Yeah, I got you. That's pretty funny. Well, and and that's the part that I sometimes like. I feel like it's an overwhelming of the flow because like you're saying, uh, Rick, like I don't know what, like, am I doing Tai Chi and yoga with some blocks laid down, or am I painting, or like. You know, like sometimes there's so many levels of it going on that the expression is, which is the opposite of most people who are like, oh, I don't have a hobby or I, I don't know how to express myself. <laughs> yeah. You know, like like yeah. I, I have the opposite where I'm like, I don't know if what I'm feeling should come out in the painting, my yeah. physical body or music yeah. or you know, a, between a pen and a pencil is already enough to drive me nuts. <laughs> so <laughs> that's that's my problem. <laughs> I, I, I hear you. Same here. There's just there's more there's more, there are more thoughts to think than there are seconds to to breathe. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely covered some ground here. Um, thank you guys for being here, and thanks to all our listeners for tuning in. Uh, Come and see us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We'd love to talk to you. And um, if you have anything to add to our uh, podcast, give us some comments. We'd love to hear. So don't forget, if you'd like to donate, you can do that at buymeacoffee.com forward slash pan society. I'm Laura Giles with Rick West and Lombie Wynn. See you all next week. And you can see us all on our private Facebook group. So hope to see you there. Ciao. Thank you for having us. Bye. Thank you.